0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: We are here now with Andy Bagwell. We've had him on the show before. I absolutely love to have him on, but this time he's got a new book out. Yeah, it's Duke Still Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> Andy Bagwell talking you a little UNC Duke action. We're going to talk about North Carolina. You know I've talked about them over the last couple of weeks on the show uh, because of them not producing well out there, but wait a minute, the entire season may have turned around. We'll talk to Andy about that. Their upcoming matchup this week on Saturday, Duke North Carolina should be really good. I think that's going to get Andy's blood boiling. So let me pot him down a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Right. Mr. Producer, Andy, how are you doing today?
0: Tom, I am doing great. My blood is not yet boiling, but I'm sure that it always happens when you and I get to start talking, it will by the end. So, no, I'm doing great, really looking forward to, to this game on Saturday and uh, and uh, and hoping my Tar Heels can can squeak into the tournament and maybe catch get, get some lightning in a bottle again this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I've been talking about them for a while. We'll get into that, but I want to talk about the book first because obviously – Uh, We've had you on because of the original book, right? Duke sucks. And you had appearances and really it did get a lot of traction. Every time I have you on, inevitably I get North Carolina fans and Duke fans (laughs) and then fans from everybody else that hates Duke out there, which seems to be everybody, but Duke fans Uh, absolutely loving your appearances. I've told the story before I lived in the triangle area. I know how hotly contested that rivalry (laughs) is. Even the North Carolina state fans, always seem to lean to North Carolina, begrudgingly, but they always seem to lean to North Carolina in the rivalry of uh, North Carolina and Duke. So tell me about the book. What made you come up with the second book? And why does
0: Duke still suck? (laughs) Well, it's funny. We, you know, the first book came out stunningly more than 10 years ago. And so, you know, every year after the book came out, my co-author Reed Tucker and I, something would happen in the news and we'd be like, oh, that's going in the sequel. Oh, that's going in the sequel. I mean, Tom, we didn't even have Grayson Allen when we wrote the first book. So that, that whole period when he was a Duke, we were like, oh my God, that's going in the sequel. And we would, you know, just say that, you know, throw ideas around. But, but Tom, last year when Coach K announced the retirement tour, so that he could go around the country and have everybody genuflect in front of him. We looked at that and we said, okay, that's it. This is a sign from the gods in heaven above that we have to write this book now. So we got through the season and of course it ended you know in the way that it did and I know you and I talked right after that final four game and I, and we were like okay this is it let's start collecting ideas because we got to get this book out it and we also like more seriously thought we also it was a kind of a turning of the page of the rivalry and and the book is not just about UNC Duke although there's a lot in that there but uh, you know we also looked at it like okay this is the end of an era let's kind of capture it at this moment in time um and see what it looks like but the answer to the second part of your question is why does Duke still suck? Well, part of the title is okay. We, we know they sucked in 2012. We proved it, ironclad, cold case. So let's just look at the last 10 years and see what's happened and see do they still suck? And I know it's going to be stunning to you, but yes, they do. Um, so and going forward, you know, I think uh, I think it's you know they're they've sucked since the since the beginning. That's what a lot of the the first book covered. So I don't know how, but I am fully confident that they will find a way to suck uh, going forward. No no matter who the coach is, no matter what the university
1: does. Yeah. Duke is such a lightning rod. It really is. And it's that lightning rod school that you could pick out so many things to dislike about You mentioned Grayson Allen. He was an absolute lightning rod moving forward, but you're right. It is. Look, I know that you're a North Carolina guy, but it is (laughs) just kind of a, a, a turning of the era where you do get a little sad. Right, and not that mm-hmm. Coach K's gone, but just that rivalry's gone. I, I will tell you, look, I'm a, a giant Yankee fan, and uh, not to to argue with you of the greatest rivalry, but Yankees Red Sox are the greatest rivalry <laughs> in sports. Sorry, but it is yep. right. But but when when Pedro Martinez and David Ortiz left, and I hated them, I couldn't stand them. There was a piece <laughs> of me that was like, ah oh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss rooting against them. Are you gonna miss rooting yeah. against Coach K?
0: I'll tell you, we actually wrote about this very thing Tom, and the new book, and I will I will tell you, yes, yes, I will. I will. I mean, I, I what what Reed and I kind of came to the conclusion is, you know, we don't want the rival to be over. as much as it can pain us when someone like Austin Rivers drills a three in Tyler Zeller's eye to upset Carolina at home. I, I, we you need to experience those lows to really appreciate the high of Caleb Love drilling it over over Duke last year in the Final Four. So, no, I, I don't want it to be over. I want there to be some sort of spark there. Um, I will I will miss rooting against Coach K. It was really easy. I, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, you know, normally I can't watch a single Duke game during the year because my blood starts boiling, like you talked about before. I've, I've actually flipped on the game a couple of times this year just to kind of look and see what they are like, and it's not quite the same. now. It doesn't take long. There'd be some something that somebody does and I'll start to get a little bit wound up, but it's not the same and, and I I don't want that to end. So I'm hoping, you know, that that there'll be some sort of spark. Maybe maybe something, you know, comes up down the line where, where we'll start to, to re recharge that. And I think we will, but it's gonna be it's gonna definitely feel different.
1: You know, in sports we always have the idea of a rivalry. There's a great Yankee quote uh before the Red Sox went out and won and it was rivalry is not between a hammer and a nail. And there's a lot to that, right? The beauty about Duke, North Carolina was that it was a rivalry. It wasn't hammer and nail, right? You might get a year or two or even a couple of years where one team really dominated and had it over. But, But generally speaking, for decades, this was as hotly contested as you could possibly get. It was also a weird scenario that they never really met up in the, you know, in in the finals, they never met up for a national championship. It it, it just how weird it was that they were both so good for so long, neither team really had the advantage for an extended period of time over the other Mm -hmm. team, yet they never wound up kind of meeting that apex at the end. Do you address that in the book that, uh, I, you know, I know you touched on it a little bit in the first book, that, wow, you know, there is no clear advantage between these two when you're speaking on a grand scale.
0: Yeah, and I'll promise your audience I did not send you the book ahead of time, Tom, because you've now uh, touched on two exact things that we wrote about in the in the book. So, yes, we we looked at that very specifically. So that rivalry, what, what we actually did was we looked at the rivalry since the Coach K era, And this is crazy, but from all the games between Duke and Carolina, when when Coach K was the coach, they ended it, they played a hundred times exactly, and ended 50 and 50. It it was, which is crazy, and goes to exactly what you were talking about, that this is a rivalry that no team really, truly could dominate and have the edge. I mean, like, like Yankees, Red Sox, there's been swaths of time where, you know, Yankees have absolutely dominated that series. but. So we actually did a, an analysis. This is crazy to try to look at, okay, it was 50/50 and just win, but some wins are worth more than others. So, you know, when you beat when, when Carolina beats Duke at Cameron, that's worth a little bit more than a regular win. When 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 Duke beats Carolina in the ACC Tournament Championship, that's worth quite a bit more. That's playing for something. And then of course when, you know, Carolina beats Duke in the final four, that's worth a little something. So we actually came up with a. This is crazy, I know, but this is where our brains are. Came up with a scoring system, scored all of the wins, and you'll, your your listeners will have to get the book to find out how it came out, but it was fascinating to see how even this rivalry was, even with all of those other factors, you know, brought into bear.
1: Guys, we're on the phone with Andy Bagwell talking North Carolina, Duke. Go check out his book. Pre-orders are on sale right now. Duke Still Sucks. Go check them out over at Twitter, at NCBags. You can go Site to get the book as well. Well, you know, I mean, we, we talked about the rivalry and the Coach K and, and uh, you know, Williams and everybody that has left. Let's turn the page and look at, at what's left. Mm-hmm. Because for most of my life, and I'm into my mid-40s here, most of my life, if not, can I say all of my life, the entire college basketball world, has just been defined by the triangle. Sure, Kansas is good. Kentucky's always there. I I know, I'm not, look, I'm not bashing anybody else, uh, but it's always been defined by the triangle. I think we're in a perilous spot right now where they, that Mm -hmm. might not be the case. And I think that people around that area are nervously worried that that might not be the case. This year is a little bit of an example, which we'll get into. The Duke falling is a little bit of an example. Do you think that it's possible that the basketball world has fallen away from the triangle, or no? It's a slight blip, and we're going to get back to it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I wish I, I I wish I had a great answer for that. I I think there is definitely going to be a transition. I mean, it, but but I don't think it's only because of the coaches, Tom. I think you've got a lot of other things that are going on in the college basketball world that are causing things to shift. I mean, NIL is a is something that has significantly changed the way that teams put 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 players in place or how long players stay or don't stay the transfer portal has made a huge impact on college basketball so as it relates to the coaches and that kind of gravity of dean smith and roy williams and and coach k i I think it's inevitable that it will shift a little bit but you, you you actually actually have across the board a lot of guys that are that same age that are going to be moving on. I mean, Jim Bayham's not going to be coaching much longer. Of course, Jay Wright at Villanova, he left last year. I don't know how much time, you know, John is going to be around. And maybe Bill Self at Kansas for a few years after that. But a lot of these coaches that you really associate with college basketball, not just in the triangle, yeah, are kind of getting up there. They might not be around much longer. So there's going to be this voice. Now, is it Hubert Davis and John Shire that can step in and fill that? Probably not right away, if I'm being honest, Tom. But I do still think that for a good bit, unless Duke and Boat Carolina both just fall off the map in terms of, of, their, of their performance and their, and their rankings and, and the championships, that I still think there'll be that gravity there that people will, that people will look to to see you know, how things are going. They'll tune in to watch the game. But there's no doubt there is a period of transition going on right now, and, and, and who knows where it'll end up.
1: Andy, let's get into a little bit of uncomfortableness because you mentioned Hubert Davis. Oh, boy. We've had you on the show. You are yeah, uh, yep. a, a big proponent of, of Hubert Davis. Uh, when mm-hmm. he was hired, I grabbed you, uh, put you on the show, and I said, all right, let's talk about it. You gave me insight that, you know, you guys basically went to college together. I, I mean, mm-hmm. look, I get it, okay? But there are people already calling for his head. We are looking at North Carolina right now as potentially being the first number one overall preseason rank. And I hate preseason ranks, but the number one overall first preseason ranked team to not make the tournament. All right, now, if you talked to me three weeks ago, I said North Carolina would have to go 4-0, and beat Virginia, and then win a game or two in the ACC championship uh, to be able to get to the tournament. I had my co-host on, on the weekends turn around to me, and said, no, no, they could go 3-1. and I said, yeah, but they got to beat Virginia. That was my big thing. Well, they've gone mm-hmm. 2-0. and They've gone out there. They've Mm -hmm. beaten Virginia. They have two games left. Saturday is against Duke. I think that maybe we could put it to rest that they won't make the tournament, but at the end of the day, that's still not going to appease UNC fans. Number one preseason overall, they don't pass the ball well. There's a lot of, I want to call it, ball hogging. There's not a lot of team camaraderie. It's not that they had injuries. It's not that the guys are totally underperforming. I know you look manic. You lost manic, and that was a big big knock, but... Everything points back to Hubert Davis here. This is a coaching issue this year, and North Carolina fans have turned on Hubert Davis. Give me your take.
0: Yeah, it, it is tough, and you're right. I, you know, I, was, I lived on the same hall with Hubert my first two years at Carolina, as, as we talked about on your show previously. I'm a huge fan. I think he's a terrific guy, but uh, and I do think there are a lot of factors that have kind of contributed to, to Carolina not having a good year. I'm trying to take my blue coat glasses off, though. I think if I had a criticism of Hubert, and, and I'm not one of these guys that's calling for his head yet, I think you got to get your guys in there, your recruits in, and he's done a really great job on the recruiting trail. I, I think if I did have a criticism, though, it's that I, what I see, and, and, you know, I'm not a basketball expert, but what I see is him trying to transition to a pro style offense without really high level pro type players. You know, there's a reason that Armando Baycott, Caleb Love, all those guys came back this year. They're really great college players. They're very good college players. But it wasn't like anybody was telling them they were going to be drafted in the first round. So I I do think there is an element of this, of him expecting things to happen that maybe the players aren't capable of quite yet or or may never be. And that is on him. I, I, I don't want to say it isn't. That's on him to be able to recognize that and adjust. Um, but I, I, I still think that, you know, first of all, they, they clearly kind of caught lighting in a bottle at the end of last year. And they're you know they probably closer to the team that they were before that run and this year than they were during that, during that magical month of, of February and March. But I, I, I still think it's a little too early um, to, to really write the book on Hubert. I, I, he, he's definitely learning on the job, and, and who wouldn't? He's in his second year as a head coach but I think there are a lot of factors Philip, as to why they had this season they did. And I want to see, you know, let's give him another couple of years. And and if he gets his guys in there that he's recruited and, and it's still not producing, then yeah, we're going to have to have a really, really uncomfortable conversation.
1: What will it take for this year to be successful? Because let me lay this out for you. Andy, I look at this North Carolina team and like I said, two weeks ago, I was screaming. They don't, they don't belong even in the conversation. Unless they go 4 no. Oh. Well, like I said, they've gone 3-0. Oh. But I look at their losses here. Tell me the bad loss, guys, right? At North Carolina State, it's not a bad loss. Top 25 team. Against Miami, yeah. it's not a bad loss. Top 25 team. At Wake Forest, no. At Duke, can't make call that. Even the Pittsburgh loss, not a bad loss. Virginia loss, is that a bad loss? No. No, no it's not. I'm looking up and down their schedule, and I'm going, find me the bad loss. They don't really have necessarily a quote-unquote bad loss. Now, they don't have... Uh, Losses, some of those losses, you know, Pittsburgh at Wake Forest, things like that, uh, can be questioned because they were the number one overall team, but they don't have a lot of bad losses. Now, if they go out there and they make the tournament, right? Well, I'll give you a scenario to me. They win three in a row. They win against Duke on Saturday, which we'll get to in a minute. Win against Duke on Saturday. Win two games into into the ACC tournament. Uh, You get into the, the big field of 68. You win a game. Maybe get out of the first weekend. I'm looking at, at that and I'm saying, I know what the expectations were in the beginning, but I think you end the season like that and people are gonna go, Okay, it was a fine year. A- am I off base here? Give me it from the North Carolina fan standpoint, what is a successful season?
0: Yeah, at this point, I mean, I would say that a lot of people would say you first of all, you gotta make the tournament. You gotta get in somehow, some way. And I, I mean, just you you, you can't balance out at the beginning of the year, everybody would have said this team has to make a final four or it's an abject disappointment. I think people have adjusted their expectations based on the, the, some of the stuff that we've seen, but I mean, you know, if I had to take the pulse of the Carolina fans right now, I'd say they would really think that this team is, should be capable of getting out of the first weekend of the tournament, even if they go in as an 11 seed, as a 10 seed. I mean, last year they were an eight seed. So this group of players knows how to play from that position. So I I, I do, I think, uh, I think a sweet 16 is something if, you know, if, if we, if, if the team can get into the tournament, I'm going to be expecting them to, to win their first two games. Now it could be the first three games if they end up in Dayton on Tuesday or Wednesday, but I I do think the team is capable uh, once they're in, of, of doing that. And, and then quite honestly, I'll bet there's a lot of teams that would not want to see them on the other side of the bracket. If that, especially if they do get kind of hot and, you know, maybe they beat Duke and win some games in the AC tournament, I, I wouldn't want to face them. You know, they, they, they know what they're capable of from last year. So, but I think that's where we land. Um, and, and, you know, and if they don't do that, it, it's, I, I've already gone on the record, Tom, that it, it has been one of the most disappointing seasons of Carolina basketball that I can remember. And that's a pretty big statement. Even if they make a run here and and get into the tournament, the season up to this point, based on the expectations coming in, has been a really huge disappointment.
1: Yeah, it really has, and especially considering that you know that these guys are leaving, right? I mean, it's going to be massive turnover. Yeah. Um, I would expect almost everyone to leave, so you have your short window, but there is time to make up for it. Hey, guys, we're on the phone with Andy Bagwell author of Duke Sucks, and now the soon-to-be-released sequel, Duke Still Sucks. You guys, go check that out. DukeStillSucks.square.site. Let's talk about Saturday's game, North Carolina-Duke in North Carolina. North Carolina's won three games in a row. The last time they faced off, it was a ridiculous defensive effort. The total landed on 120. They lost by six at Duke. Again, I don't consider that a bad loss. I know Duke is not who they were, but it's still a rivalry game. I I have gone on record and said this is a must-win game. Now, do I believe mm-hmm. it? Do I still believe that statement? I think beating Virginia helped them immensely. Absolutely immensely. Yeah, I know it's at home. It doesn't matter. Virginia's reeling a little bit. Don't doesn't matter. At the time they faced Virginia, Virginia was ranked sixth in the country. Okay. So mm-hmm. while Virginia might not not, you know, be the powerhouse that people think, I don't care. They were ranked sixth in the country at that time. Now they've come back a little bit. If you go out there and you beat Duke, You're a 20-win regular season team heading into the ACC tournament. I think that gets them in. I said it before time. This is not hindsight. I said it before time. You go 4-0, last four regular season games, and you just don't get embarrassed in the ACC tournament. I think they're going to make the field of 64 because of the name recognition, because they are North Carolina. I don't care. I think they make it. If they lose that game, I think that keeps them out. And and I've had people push back on me here, Andy. Do you think that this is a must-win game?
0: I, I agree with you. I think this is a win-and-you're-in, lose-and-you're-out game. I, I, and, you know, the only way that I can see, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's they, to get into the tournament, they have to win this game and then not embarrass themselves in the ACC tournament. So they could, they, if they win and then they go lose to, I mean, I don't even know what the matchups would be, but a bad Florida State or Louisville team, then that's that's probably going to negate the win. But if they just, you know, handle business and get a couple, maybe a win or two in the ACC tournament. But other than that, yeah, I think you're right. I think if they, if this, I mean, not to put all the pressure on the role of these guys, but that's what they've put themselves into this position What their season is they got to win this game at home against Duke to feel like they've got a chance. And if they don't, I think they're going to be on the outside looking in because I don't think this team is capable of stringing together four wins in four, four days to win the ACC tournament. They haven't shown that type of consistency all year long, and, and I don't think they're, they're capable of getting that automatic bid. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to come down to this game, and uh, and on top of the rivalry and on top of Senior Night for Leaky Black and probably the rest of those guys on that team, oh, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere.
1: You know, I I think we have an entry into your new, new, new book, which is (laughs) Duke still continues to suck, right? I mean, that'll come out in about 10 years, right? We'll we'll be having Andy on in about 10 years for that. But yeah, I mean, this could be one of those those plant the flag type of situations. This could be a game, Mm -hmm. hey, we beat Duke, gives us four in a row, went on, did well in the ACC tournament, actually provided, like you said, maybe get to the Sweet 16 and gave us a spark for the future moving forward. But in the same respect, Andy, and I'll say it, it might be that Duke plant a flag moment where they go, Mm -hmm. we we knocked off the number one preseason team. We kept them out of the tournament. We were the team that did it. Even though there's a lot of teams that did it, they'll pound their chest saying that they are the team. So I think that this game is massively, massively important. On that note, Andy, we are in the prediction business, right? (laughs) Give me what you take. What's happening on Saturday?
0: Ah, well first of all tom i will be in the building i'm doing a signing on campus there a book signing on campus there the day of it's going to be this wonderful awesome day um i will tell you when the first book came out we did the same thing we had a great day we went we had a book signing we were all charged up and that was the night that austin rivers hit the shot at the buzzer to be it. so i'm hoping that that is not the case again and that the Dukies ruin what will be a great day but predictions are predictions um I'll, I'll kind of weave my way to it. I will tell you that having watched this North Carolina team all year, I don't think they match up all that well with Duke, and that makes me nervous, right? I think there are athletes with link on that Duke team that even though they haven't been playing all that well all year long, that's the type of team that, that, that tends to give Carolina some problems. Just look back at the previous game. Look at what Derek Lively did to Armando Bacot. really you know, kept him in check. Um, and, and, and so I'm a little nervous about that. But I will say that this team is night and day, home and away. If you look at their record, you look at their shooting percentages, you look at their scoring, you look at their defense, this is a team, for whatever reason, even though it's incredibly experienced, does play so much better at home than they do on the road. And so I do think, ultimately, Carolina is shooting the ball a little bit better coming into this game. There's a couple of guys that are starting to kind of feel the finality of the season and they're starting to pick it up. So as long as Carolina can hit some shots and I think they will, I think they're going to find a way to maybe eke out a two or three point win. And I will be, my blood pressure will be through the roof, but I will be very, very, uh, be a happy man at the end of the day. So that, that's where I think we'll end up.
1: Andy, it has been absolutely fantastic guys. It's Andy Bagel. Go check him out at Twitter. NC bags at NC bags and Duke still site And he's also going to be on the campus of UNC this weekend. If you guys are in the triangle, in the area, go down there. You get a signed book from Andy. Thank you for all your time, Andy. Awesome to talk to you again,
0: Tom. And uh, we'll talk again soon in the future, I'm sure.
1: Thank you. Have a good one.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich.